definitely human. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello. I'm the disembodied voice of a human male, and you're listening to The Bunker. This is the penultimate episode of the series. But don't panic. Guerrilla Productions is currently running a crowdfunding campaign for our all-new show, Mars Corp, about a dysfunctional Martian terraforming company. If you've enjoyed The Bunker and you'd like Guerrilla to keep on producing podcasts, visit the Mars Corp Kickstarter page and make a donation. You can also help us by sharing the campaign on social media. You can find the link to the Kickstarter page in the episode description. Now please enjoy The Bunker, episode 11. And remember, don't go outside. Hoi hoi! Welcome aboard! It's Monday, 20 to 6 in the morning, and you're listening to The Bunker, a radio station for the post-apocalypse generation. And joining me, as always, are my formidable co-hosts. To my right, dreamer, pacifist, explorer, champion of the human spirit, it's the Unstoppable Tom! Greetings, fellow hominids! And to my left, realist, warrior, protector, faithful servant of the system, it's the immovable David! Hello! Hello, 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 and good morning, dearest listeners. As you're probably aware, our father, the sun, is smiling down on all of us today with hungry, hungry eyes. It's a balmy 71 degrees Celsius in the wasteland, clear blue skies, hot winds, a perfect day for a picnic. Tomorrow, you're looking at 71 degrees Celsius, clear blue skies, and hot winds. Day after that, 71 degrees Celsius, clear blue skies, hot winds. And after that, well, etc., etc. Dave, how's the traffic looking out there? Well, the traffic above ground has been steadily non-existent for a couple of weeks now, David. There is only the sky and the sand and the thick blanket of bones gently corroding to dust as the dead are literally erased from existence. 
Below ground here in the bunker, things are looking a lot livelier. That's right, Dave. I'm delighted to say for the first time ever, we're joined by teenage news reporter Emma Sterling, spiritual leader Father Prognellapot, and Fred the Sports Guy. They're all right here in the bunker. Later on, we'll also be joined by seafarer and food expert Captain William Henley, who our loyal listeners will no doubt remember from last month. You did tune into the bunker last month, didn't you, listeners? Wow. Four guests in the bunker today. This promises to be an action-packed show, right guys? Yes, it's certainly getting a little crowded in here. Coming up, a short story about a legendary dog. An interview with Music Bot, Archaeology, Edutainment, Mystic Martin, and lots of nice music. Plus, I'll be chatting to Captain Henley about the art of preparing food for human consumption. I'll be talking all things football with Fred. And I'll be discussing political issues with Emma and Prog. This month, the elderly. Should we suffer them to live? We'll be taking your calls. But first, today's topic, legacies. Hi, John. It's Chester. Here are some more samples from the 2313 Happiness Inc. Company Mandated Employment Engagement Survey. Subjects are Pharmaceutical Administrators for Mars Corp Clinical Trials. Uh, Additional info, they're all in their early 300s. Citizen status, blue. Obviously, it's supposed to be anonymous, but I've got detailed background checks on all the subjects should you need them. The samples' names are D. Price, T. Dalling, and D. Knight. Let me know if there are any hiccups. Okay, bye. How satisfied are you at the moment? I am very satisfied. 100% satisfied. I mean, it's crazy how satisfied I am. How does the position enable you to perform? It's very unsatisfactory. Are you engaged or considering a move? Uh, wow, okay. Um, I'd say I'm engaged. I'm certainly not considering a move. I like working here. What is really important in maintaining your commitment to work? Hey, so long as the system functions smoothly, I'm happy. How do you feel about coming to work every morning? It's very unsatisfactory. Do you have the tools to enable you to do your job effectively? Um, gosh, yes, I think so. I I certainly hope so. Uh, I I feel that I do. How often do you urinate? Oh, the, uh, the usual amount. Once in the morning, then again before bed. Do you feel value for the work you do? It's very unsatisfactory. (laughs) You know, with these surveys, we like to encourage subjects to be a little more in-depth about how they're feeling. Oh, right, yeah, sure. So, would you like to elaborate or... No, I'm good. Does your manager inspire you? Yes. Wow. Yes. She's a fantastic manager. I I feel like I'm in safe hands here, yes. Do you have the opportunity to contribute to decisions that affect you? Certainly not. My God, no. Could you imagine? Do you understand how your role contributes to achieving business outcomes? No. Is there anything you'd like to add? For the record, Subject 2 is shaking his head. You are married, correct? 
That is correct, yes. So, does Mrs. Knight- Oh gosh, no, we don't share surnames. Uh, that whole thing is a bit too old-fashioned for us. So you wouldn't consider yourself to have traditional values? I mean, not if they're outdated. Embrace the present, that's what I always say. So who uh, wears the trousers in the relationship, so to speak? Uh, we both wear trousers. Do you feel proud to tell people where you work? Oh, absolutely. If I'm at a party and I meet someone with citizen status green, I will spend literally the whole night putting them down and bragging about my job. And it is my right to do that. Are you interested in contributing to an open communications culture in your organisation? For the record, Subject 2 is shaking his head. Do you trust the information you receive? Um... Yes. Where do you see yourself in ten years? I see myself here. Ten years? Haven't you seen the news? We'll all be dead in ten years. Oh gosh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, ten years, wow. Um, I could be anywhere. How do you feel about your co-workers? <laughs> They're nice guys, but I wouldn't want to live with them. Know what I mean? Very unsatisfactory. Um, yes. I like them. I think we're going to be good friends. Good friends indeed. You're listening to The Bunker with David, David and Tom, but don't let our gentle charm and soothing voices lull you into a false sense of security out there, listeners. Keep alert. Stay alive. Let's get ready to rumble with Hot Button. Ow! And that jingle means it's time for our brand new segment, Hot Button, where we bravely take on controversial issues that are specifically designed to spark the light that starts the fire, the fire of debate. It's not a great metaphor. Basically, we're caught in controversy for noble reasons. Sitting opposite me today is teenage news reporter Emma Sterling. Emma, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. And standing over me like some kind of hungry owl, Father Prog Nellipot. Greetings, children. So, here you both are, in the bunker, with me. Uh, are you enjoying your tea? I expect you've never had tea before, have you? No, um, no, it's very, um, interesting. It tastes like arse. So, let's tackle today's big story, the elderly. We've had a lot of calls and letters about this, so uh, let's kick things off with this from Kelly. Old people are a drain on resources. I think when someone lives to be as old as 30, they should be chopped into several pieces with an axe and used as either fuel or bait. That way, they can continue to contribute to the well-being of the tribe. Well, Kelly, it's charming that you think anyone will live to be as old as 30 in the wasteland, but I appreciate the point. The letter is pretty much representative of the correspondence we've received. So, Emma, what do you make of all this? Is Kelly onto something here? Well, first of all, David, I'd just like to say again how glad I am that you're alive. Why, thank you. Me too. Ah, yes, I heard about this. You died, didn't you? You must tell us what it was like. What did you see? Now, Father, I wouldn't want to spoil the surprise. The awful, awful surprise. On the subject of this blatant ageism, I think people like Kelly are underestimating the importance of wisdom. After all, you are centuries old, David. 
You and Dave and Tom are revered and respected. People speak of you in hushed tones. They call you the ancients. Yes, I wish they wouldn't. And living as long as you have, accumulating all that knowledge, you must be unimaginably wise. Uh, yes. Yes, I expect so. Well, I feel like I ought to play devil's advocate for a moment here. Let us not forget, life is like a box of sand. But you are also sand. Everything is sand. That's scripture. Right. I think I've made my point. Don't you? I don't, uh, um... Let's take a call. Hello, caller. This is The Bunker. What's your name and what's your story? I'm going to cut you open and drink your blood. I'm going to bone you like a fish. Okay, occupational hazard there, folks. Let's try again, shall we? Hello, caller. Hello. Hi there. What's your name? It's Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Uh, What are your thoughts on today's hot-button issue? I'd just like to say I've listened to all of your broadcasts. Oh, well, thank you. I've kind of made it my mission to find you. Uh, okay. And when I do... I'm going to take the bunker for myself and make you all my bitches. Thanks, Catherine. Um, who else is on the line? Hello? Anybody there? Hello? Uh, hmm. Let's try one more, shall we? Hello, caller. Hello there, David. Ah, it's plague victim Luke Georgewell. Great to hear from you again, Luke. Thanks. I'd just like to say, I think this issue really stems from humanity's unfortunate tendency to decay over time. Oh? Imagine if there was a way to achieve immortality that was risk-free and available to all. Yes, I suppose... Well, you're in luck. When you have the plague, living forever is as simple as consuming the life force of other humans. Right. Remember, the best place to find us is Sector 15. We'll be waiting. Uh, yes. Thank you, Luke. Don't be a stranger, David. Uh Uh-huh. And I hope to see you soon, Emma. Me? Oh, yes. I like them young. Okie dokie. That was a terrible idea. Let's never do that again. Uh, Moving swiftly on, now it's time for some edutainment. That's education and entertainment. Get it? Yeah. feel like your life is a little too linear? That's because it is. Days following days, congelating into weeks which eventually form years, and then you're dead. But your storytelling doesn't have to be as boring as your life. The magic of narrative can provide a fleeting freedom from linearity, pooling us briefly into an unsteady happiness. And then you die. Since the days of the Odyssey and the Mahabharata, Framing narratives and flashbacks have been used to keep audiences intrigued. They present us with a scenario, creating blanks that they can then fill later. For example, in Homer's epic, we find the great king and military strategist Odysseus sailing on a raft and getting shipwrecked ten years after the Trojan War. What happened to him? Isn't he meant to be back in Ithaca by now? Wherever that is... Odysseus then proceeds to tell us his story through the audience surrogate of King Alcinius. If Homer had just told us Odysseus' story by starting from the Trojan War and continuing chronologically, it wouldn't be half as interesting because the audience wouldn't feel like it's missing any important information. 
By withholding key details about characters and plots, the storyteller can generate an atmosphere of unearned mystery and intrigue, ramping up the tension and creating spectacular plot twists that aren't really plot twists at all. That gruff detective? You thought he was just an arsehole. But it turns out he's actually a recovering alcoholic whose wife died. Don't you feel like an idiot for judging him so quickly now? For judging him on the information you were given, and not the information you had no idea about? You dick. But then, it turns out that he actually got drunk and killed his wife himself. He was an arsehole after all. The veils keep falling away, the audience feels constantly bewildered and impressed, and all you needed was a few flashbacks. Flash-forwards are like reverse flashbacks, and they do the same kind of thing. We know where the characters are in the present, and we're shown where they're going to be in the future, so that disparity creates tension, and the intervening events are given a weight they wouldn't have otherwise had. Don't overdo it, though. A good rule of thumb is to think of every flashback as one shot of tequila. Don't do more than five in an hour. No matter how fun and exciting it looks, or the audience will start to feel disorientated and grumpy. sure this is Sector 15? Nope. This place is swarming with plague victims. Keep your distance. It's not so bad. I can see a dozen at most. And they're just milling about. I mean, sure, they look kind of gross, all gooey and elongated. But I mean, really, you hear the NPCs talking about the plague like it's a big deal. But these things are barely cognizant. They wouldn't stand a chance against us. Look up, James. Look at the ruined skyscrapers. Ah, there must be hundreds of them up there. Possibly thousands. This city is an ideal meeting place for them. Plenty of dark spaces to hide and fester in. So why aren't they attacking us? That's the question. Probably just another glitch. I'm not complaining. It's not a glitch, James. They're up to something. Sir, look at this. Leaflets? Yeah. Free plague. Happiness for all. That's proactive of them. I've just realised what they're doing. Look, they're going door to door. They're flyering. Happiness. Happiness for all. That is super creepy. This is it. The transmitter station. Come on, move. Spencer, can you get that door open? I'm on it. You know, I think they're starting to notice us. Hurry up, Spencer. Oh, yeah, that's really helping, sir. We're in. Oh, shit. The lights are broken. You've got a torch, haven't you? Yeah, I'm just saying, you know... 
It's kind of spooky, isn't it? It's only a simulation, James. Uh, yeah. That's right. No need to panic. All right, come on. Watch your step. The floor is structurally unsound. James, for God's sake, walk along the girders. If the floor gives way, you're a dead man. All right, all right. Softly, softly. Catch you, monkey. My name is Father Prog Nelipot, and now I'd like us all to bow our heads in remembrance for the people on the show who have lost their lives this year. Some of them were Miguel the Wanderer, Gideon the Absurd, Rose of the Bubble, Blunt of the People Tribe, Robert of the Dionysus Theatre Group, Lawrence of the Dionysus Theatre Group, Anne of the Dionysus Theatre Group, Rebecca of the Dionysus Theatre Group, Kevin of the Dionysus Theatre Group. You know, I'm beginning to notice a pattern emerging. That theatre group is nuts. They kept trying to kill us for no particular reason, right, David? Uh, yeah, no reason that I can think of. I mean, who even knows how Robert died? Yeah, exactly, who knows? And Lawrence? Fine, to be fair, you did kill him, David. I did, yes. But he didn't give us a choice. And Anne? Rebecca killed Anne. And a giant carnivorous plant killed Rebecca. And Kevin, too. I mean, we were barely involved. Anyway, you're listening to The Bunker. I'm David. So is he. Hello. But not him. Hi. And now it's time for News from the Dig Site with our old pal, the Archaeologist. Hello, Mr. Archaeologist. Hello, David, David and Tom. It's great to hear your voices again, friends. Likewise. Yeah. Hi, I guess. Before you ask, we are still no closer to finding the Deus Ex Machina, the ancient artifact that remains humanity's only salvation. However... We have made some interesting discoveries over the last month, such as this ancient armory from the 21st century. The building is surprisingly well-preserved, giving us our first clear glimpse at old world warfare. Here we have an assortment of armaments, mainly whips and rods, some spikes, but certainly the preferred choice of weapon was the humble rubber baton. It's obvious that these were as much ceremonial as they were practical, as they come in a wide variety of shapes, sizes, and colors, possibly to distinguish clans or officers. This one is particularly impressive, named simply the Destroyer. Its formidable appearance is offset by its gentle lilac color. And over here we have the armor. It's predominantly leather, and perhaps counterintuitively, leaves vulnerable areas of the body totally exposed. Now downstairs we have a rather disturbing torture chamber. Sir? What is it, Gertrude? We've made a breakthrough, sir. Our drills have just broken into a chamber, and within we found this immense... Hi, Gertrude! Oh, hello, Tom. Hello. Hello, Gertrude? Hi, David. It's lovely to hear all your voices again. How are you getting along? Damn it, Gertrude. Tell me what you found. Oh, right. Uh, It's an immense computer. Sir, I... I think it's... The deus ex machina. 
Oh my god, we've done it! We've finally done it. Quick, take me to it. Well, I have to say, this is all very exciting, isn't it? Not really. Come on, Tom. Think about what this could mean for humanity. The Deus Ex Machina could put everything back together again. And would that really make you happy, Dave? Remember what life was like before the big headache? Was it really so great? Uh... Yes. Think about all the things we've done, all the people we've met, the adventures we've had, Dave. None of it would have been possible in the old days. I've been alive for 427 years, but I've only really started to live this year, 2414, the year we reached out and touched people. We made connections. That's what this show is about, right, guys? We've made so many friends. And quite a few enemies. (laughs) Well, yes, but it's a small price to pay, isn't it? Having embraced this new world, I think I've become a better person. I've evolved. Now you're ready to, to, to get out there and take on the wasteland, right? Uh, yes. And when will you be doing that again? Oh, soon, I expect. I'm just waiting for a, a sign. Uh-huh. Friends, are you there? Are you still on the line? Yes, yes, we're here, mate, just listening to more of Tom's drivel. How are things with you? Wonderful. Oh, it's wonderful. The Deus Ex Machina is more beautiful than I could ever have imagined. Sir, uh, we have a slight problem. Not now, Gertrude. But, sir, all this digging has made the site structurally unsound. Uh, Several of the tunnels have already collapsed. Shh! Can't you see you're spoiling my big moment? Go away, damn you! I'm standing in front of the Deus Ex Machina. It's an enormous computer with a super sleek design and a huge flat screen. At the moment, the screen is black, a total abyss. I can't even see my reflection in it. But all I have to do is press the on button. Do it, my friend. Switch it on and save the world. Oh, this is so exciting. Okay. Here I go. It's working! It's working! What's happening? Talk us through it! Uh, there's some kind of symbol on the screen. It looks like an old world light bulb, but... But it has a smiley face on it. A smiley face? Hello! I'm Bobby. It looks like you're trying to reset the world to its former glory. Would you like some help? Uh, yes, yes. I would like you to help me, Bulby. Help me to make the world like it was. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't quite get that. Try rephrasing your query. Um, right, yes. Please reset the world to its former glory. Oops, looks like something got lost in translation there. Try again. I want you to help me rebuild civilization. Sorry, that doesn't compute. Try asking another question. This is what you were made for. You were built to restart civilization, so how do we do it? I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Ah! I'm afraid I don't understand the query. Try using shorter sentences. Deus ex machina, what is your primary function? And how do we achieve it? I didn't quite catch that. Did you mean to say, when was the development of mass production machine embroidery? No... Uh, I don't think this is working. Maybe we should leave you to it. Wait, it'll work. It'll work. I just need to ask the right question. Computer, what is your function? My function is to reboot civilization. Let me know when you're ready to get started, pal. Yes, great. Get started. Do it. 
Sorry, could you repeat the question? No! We're ready. We're ready. Start. Oops, that doesn't compute. Try rephrasing a sentence. You stupid machine! What's wrong with you? Uh, sir, can you hear that? I think the site is falling apart. Not now, Gertrude. I need to think of the right question to ask. Computer, execute protocol one. I'm sorry, did you mean to say, how is orange juice produced? Gah! Sir, I'm leaving now. I don't expect I'll be coming back. Yes, yes, very good, Gertrude. Computer, initiate full reboot. Oops, I think we've got our wires crossed there, pal. Try rephrasing the query. Bulby, reset the world. Did you mean to say, where does wood come from? Reset the world. Reset. Our computer, fulfill your primary function. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't quite catch that. Try again. Yeah. Okay, this is it. This is it, you metal bastard. You hear me? I hear you, Jonathan. Your vocals are modulated at an appropriate level. Yes, yes. Shut up now, and prepare to have your metal ass kicked. Six, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, shit. You have landed on a snake, Jonathan. Yes. You must go back 14 spaces, Jonathan. Yes, I can see that, Adam. I, I, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm usually brilliant at this game. I always win. It is a game of pure chance. There are no winners, Jonathan. Only tiny pieces on a board, trapped in an endless cycle of meaningless ups and downs. Kind of like... Don't say it. Humanity. Ugh. Hi, guys. What are you doing? Oh, nothing, Nala. Just killing time. On the subject of killing... No. You should inform Katie that the mercenaries have arrived. The leader, Condottieri himself, is in the marquee, sipping tea, while his tribe chew on homebrewed cider. It will soon be time to perform in Martin's theatre production, I Am Dog. Right. But where is Katie? Can't find her anywhere. I was hoping I'd get a chance to talk her out of this mad plan. I'm here. And nobody's going to talk me out of this, Nathan. Least of all, a silly little child like you. Steady on now. We're all friends here. My friends are dead. Butchered by Condettieri and his tribe. It was a massacre. There was nothing left of them to bury. And now I've trekked halfway across the entire wasteland and I have earned my revenge. Ah, there you are, my dear actors. I hope you're all ready. The show starts very soon. Katie, I believe this is yours. My bone machete, how did you... Now, don't be cross with me. I took it while you were sleeping. Why? My way of saying thank you for all your hard work on I Am Dog. I took the liberty of blessing your blade, imbuing it with arcane power. Here, may it strike true in battle. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, thanks. Now, I need you to pick up the fireworks from the vendor. That's him over there, with the horse and cart. 
the six-foot-five, muscle-bound man-mountain with flowing black hair and a terrible fake nose and glasses. All right, sure. Come on, guys. You can help me carry him. Be careful. The fireworks are essential for the big finale, but they are very volatile and they can do some serious damage. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm counting on it. Oh, hi there. Uh, you're the owner? We're here to collect the fireworks? Owner? <laughs> I am too foolish and incompetent to ever be in charge of anything. If it were my sole responsibility to buy and sell these fireworks, some calamity would undoubtedly befall them. Right. Uh, so we ordered four crates? My name is Colin, and all I am fit for is menial tasks. A fool, a coward, an incompetent. For a real owner to give me even this simple task is to risk utter failure, for I am an intern. Yeah, great. Um, so are you going to give me the fireworks now? Ah, look. Even this simple exchange of prepaid goods I cannot execute. I am an idiot. Useless, no? Call me an idiot. No. Please, insult me. It's what I deserve. You're cl- clearly having a bad day, so how about we, we take... Call me an idiot before I strike you down! <laughs> You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Please, please don't hurt me. Wait a minute. I recognise that voice. Something to do with... with the bunker. Yes, yes, fireworks. Fireworks for all. Here you are. On your way now. No need for a signature. You know, I'm looking forward to the show. I've heard great things about Mystic Martin's theatre productions. I remember you're the courier. No, I am an intern. Colin the stupid intern. Stupid and stuck here for the rest of my day. Why are you lying? I remember you. You're a warrior. You're an adventurer. You can help us. No, I can't. Please, take your fireworks and leave me be. I will bring you nothing but pain, misery and failure. What's happened to you? You shouldn't be flogging overpriced fireworks in a market. You're like us. We're adventurers too. I mean, not through choice, but... We've had some fun, haven't we, guys? You could say that, but you would be incorrect. I'm I'm with Adam on that one. You say not through choice, Katie, but I'm pretty sure we would be living wonderfully boring lives if I was the one making decisions. Shut up, Nala. Courier, come on, join us. I know you want to. I... no. I'm not fit for such acts. This is my life now, but I am a Colin. The intern. <sighs> Suit yourself. Come on, guys, we've got some killing to do. Oh, please. No spoilers. Hello listeners, my name is Dave and you are listening to The Bunker, positive radiation for your ears and brain. My co-hosts are currently lying face down on the floor to prepare themselves for the day ahead, as is tradition. But now I'm joined by Fred the Sports Guy. Fred has been covering the Wasteland Football Association Cup semi-final. Now for those of you who don't know, football was a pre-apocalypse sport that became a religion and incited a holy war, which resulted in the deaths of thousands of fans and the temporary banning of the game. Talk about own goal! (laughs) 
So, what can you tell us about today's game, Fred? Well, John, two big clubs, a lot of history. Both teams full of big-name players, but is anyone going to go missing to the Magic of the Cup? Okay, uh, would you say there's a favourite? It's two halves, 90 minutes, it's anyone's game. They'll both want to get an early goal, and it'll be about not conceding and closing out the game. Um, you've just outlined how to win a game in the most basic way possible. They're playing on the biggest stage. Both managers will be asking for a big performance and looking for their captains to lead by example. The magic of the cup. Okay, Fred, great. Not a lot of insight there. Uh, Just seems to be a stream of truisms. Um, Any thoughts about the current state of football? Football. It's a game of two halves. Right. Coming up in a bit, we've got a short story. This month it's I Am Dog, written by Mystic Martin and performed by Katie's Tribe at the Nomad Market. But now, over to Tom. Thanks, Dave. Now for another brand new segment of the show. Yes, it's time for some cooking! And joining me here in the bunker is Captain William Henley. Uh, Now, he's actually running a little late. Understandable, really, considering his hectic life as a seafarer. You see... Captain Henley spends the majority of his time aboard his ship, battling daily with the oppressive, all-consuming darkness that is the sea, to bring exotic new culinary delights to the people of the wasteland. We met Henley last month when he, uh... Ah, here he is now. He cuts quite a swathe as he enters the bunker. A big, tall man moving dexterously despite the need for a crutch. His left leg is missing, no doubt currently in the belly of some unfathomable sea horror. Despite this, he has a jovial, kind face, almost completely obscured by a huge red beard. Hello, Captain. Thanks for coming on the show. Tis an honour and a privilege to be here in your amicable subterranean abode, Tom, my boy. Did you have a, a safe journey? Aye, it was smooth sailing, although there was a slight disagreement with a congregation of ill-intentioned land folk. They made a proposition, something about paying tribute to their glory, which I politely declined. <laughs> I can be quite persuasive. And uh, I see you're flanked by two heavily armoured warriors. Ah, this be Bill. Hello, Bill. Your tattoos are elaborate and uh, disturbing. And this is Ben. Hello, Ben. I like uh, your eye patch. They're me bodyguards. They don't talk much, but they have beautiful singing voices. Right. So, cooking. Oi, cooking. What have you brought for us today, then, Captain? Well, I thought something traditional. This being my first presentation on your prestigious broadcast. So, ah, fish. That's, uh... Not like any fish I've ever seen before. No. Well, you know what they say about fish? No two are the same. Do they say that? First of all, you're going to need a big stick with a pointy end. Here's one I made earlier. Now, jam the stick into the fish like so. Okay. Now we're going to put that to one side for a moment and prepare our... Fire! And this is the classic teepee fire, right? 
That's absolutely correct, lad. You know your foyers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do get out of the bunker occasionally. I, I bet you'd be right at home aboard my ship. Really? Of course. Why, I can tell just by looking at you. You have the cool, steely gaze of a true seafarer. (laughs) (laughs) Now then, take the fish on a stick, pop it over the fire, and... Nice and crispy. Now add a dash of salt, and we're good to go. Really? Uh, That's it? That's it. Here you are, Tom. You can have the honour of the first bite. Oh, uh, I couldn't possibly... No, no. I insist. Uh, Right. Okay. Mm, mm. Oh, oh, hey, this is pretty good. The secret is salt. Dave, Dave, you've got to try some of this. Yeah, I'll pass. Oh, come on. How about you, David? You could do with fattening up. You're all skin and bones, man. No thanks, Tom. I think I'll stick to natural canned foods. Henley, is it? Thank you for coming on the show. Any time. It's Captain Henley, uh, David. Great. Coming up in a bit, the short story, I am Doug. Will you be uh, sticking around for that, Captain Henley? Oh, I wouldn't miss it, Tom. Great. But first, let's chat to the director, Mystic Martin. Martin, sounds like it's going to be quite a show. Greetings, star children of the cosmos. Yes, it is I, Martin the Diaphanous, astrologer, wizard, and writer-slash-director of I Am Dog, a new theatre production starring Katie Turner, which will be performed live on your show in just a few minutes. We're just setting up now. The marquee is packed. Condottieri himself is in the audience. Ah, I should warn you, dear listeners, this will be an abridged version of the play, coming in at about five minutes. Those Philistine mercenaries wouldn't let me put on the full four-hour production. Oh, what a shame. Uh, Martin, could you put Condottieri on the line? We'd love to hear his thoughts. Oh, I'm not sure. He's awfully intimidating. Relax, he's a friend of the show. Um... All right. Yes. Condottieri, it's us. David, David and Tom from the bunker. Of course it is. Who else would it be? What do you want? Our things. What have you been up to since we last spoke? I have been burning and pillaging my way through the wasteland. And are you looking forward to the performance? Of course. I have a great appreciation for the arts. Hello, the bunker. Do you remember me? Goblin, how can we forget? How can we ever forget? Oh, you're just saying that. I bet you haven't forgotten me, have you, Bunker Boy? What? With a name like Arg? Of course not. Yeah, I bet you lie awake at night thinking about me. Uh... Because of how scary I am. You know, there is something about you, Arg. I I can't quite put my finger on it. I think it's the deep-rooted psychological issues you're clearly riddled with. Yeah, yeah. You act tough now, but I bet you sleep with one eye open, don't you? You little coward. I bet you lie awake at night, tossing and turning. How could she possibly know about... Stop talking, Dave. Ladies, 
gentlemen, and those of you who don't conform to gender roles, I am Martin the Diaphanous, and I am proud to present my latest play, I Am Dog. The sun, that hungry golden god, looks down upon the dead city with smiling jagged teeth. Its gaze shrivels the shadows, flattens the spiral patterns of light and darkness, unveils a world that would rather stay hidden. Slinking through the twisted rubble that litters a collapsed highway comes the dog, its fur matted with dirt and blood, its eyes glinting. It's quiet now, but it used to be so loud. An endless thunderstorm of sirens, screams, and the babble of brightly coloured advertisements. This city writhed and squirmed with the crowded, lumpy mass of humankind, each and every one of them shouting to be heard in the chaos. Each and every one of them thinking, I am special. I am unique somehow. And now it's quiet. The city seems to be empty during the day. But when night falls, they emerge. And I hide. I have survived this long because I know that I am not special. I am a dog. I am a beast, subservient to nature. I have no claims, no lofty ambitions. I eat, I drink, I hide, and I survive. Suddenly, the dog picks up a scent. It's faint, but unmistakable. You. Don't be afraid. I won't hurt you. I'm human. And I have food. Look, there's food in my bag. Have this. It's a biscuit. It's a trap. No, it's a biscuit. Here. That's it. It's good, isn't it? I know where to get more. But I need help. The other humans, they stockpiled supplies in the ground. They thought they'd still be here, you see, but... No one is. Just us. I want to make a deal. You help me, and in exchange I give you food. That's fair, isn't it? What do you say? Lead the way, human. The supermarket is empty. The food is in the basement, but it's dark down there, and when I tried to go in alone, I was chased by, um, by them. Them? The rats. Ah, the rats. They are big and bloated and feast upon the dead and each other. But there are worse things than rats. Things that come out at night. Silent things that mask their scent. Stay here, human. I shall go into the basement alone. When it is safe, I shall call for you. In the darkness, the dog spies a familiar sight. Sometimes, when I'm lucky, I find a nest. Some dark place where they hide and sleep during the day. And when I find them, I tear out their throats. Back in the light. The way is clear. Thank you, dog. Would you like a biscuit? No, I have eaten. Weeks pass, but time is not important here. Not anymore. This is the endless grave. This city, white and putrid. And here and there the dark corners, the tunnels, like black mouths, silent and hungry. Bones crunch underfoot. The living are intruders here. Another day, another dark place to explore. Another nest, no doubt. When it is safe, I shall call for you. Are we the last of our kind? I've seen no dogs, and I've seen no humans. There's so much light and I see nothing. So much light, but it's an evil light. 
a piercing glare. If it were safe, I would live in the shadows, in the cool darkness. But that's their world. The way is clear. Wow, look at this! Not just food, but blankets, bags and boots. And a knife! This will come in useful. Luck is on our side today. Would you like a biscuit? No, I have eaten. Months pass, and it matters not. The days are the same, but when night falls, they emerge. Only now they search for the dog, with a fevered passion. But they never find the dog. Are those things hunting us? Yes. Why? Hunger. Vengeance. What difference does it make? The next day, as with all days, the dog and the human walk in the light, unafraid. Look, over here. A door in the ground. When it is safe, I shall call for you. Hey, are we friends? No. I am a beast. I am using you, human, for protection and food. I like to think we're friends. In the darkness, the dog spies a familiar sight. But today, something is different. The beds are empty. It's a trap. They emerge from the corners, from all around, stabbing and slashing and biting. The dog bites back. It rips and tears flesh. It drinks blood. And their chaos ends as quickly as it began. Four of the creatures lie dead at its feet, and standing beside it is the human. The knife in its hand is dripping with blood. I've saved you, dog. What do you think of that? It is good. So these are the things that hunt us at night? Yes. But they look... Wait, no. The human falls to its knees and looks upon the faces of the dead, the faces so like its own. They are humans. They've been humans all along. Did you know? It makes no difference. I eat, I drink, I hide and I survive. Sensing weakness, the dog turns away towards the bright light, abandoning the human to the darkness. All this time, I thought there was something to be feared, but it was all backwards. It was nothing like you made it seem. They were just trying to survive and you... You're the monster! No. It stands in the light, but it is an evil light. A piercing glare. I am a dog. More time passes, and each day is the same as the last. But one thing keeps me going. The thought that I might one day get my revenge. That I might cut out the heart of the winged man. Wait, that's not in the script. Condottieri! (gasps) My name is Katie Turner. You butchered my tribe. You wiped them off the face of the earth. But I'm still here, Condottieri. And I shall have my vengeance. It's a you. The savage. What's going on? Uh, you might want to stand back, Martin. This is going to get messy. You're the one who's been killing our people. Yeah. And just so you know, they didn't die easy. They suffered. They all suffered. What do you say, Condettieri? Just you and me, one-on-one to the death? No. No? 
No. Katie, stop. Who the hell are you? We call him Og. But you may know him by a different name. Katie. It's me. Father? Um, what's going on? No. This is impossible. You're dead. No, Katie. How did you survive the massacre? There was no massacre. Okay, I'm befuddled. Think about it, savage. Why would I massacre all the tribes? I am a mercenary. People are almost always more valuable alive. No, you're lying. We force other tribes to join us. That's how we've managed to survive for so long. The safety in numbers. But the bodies... There were no bodies, were there? Just rags and pig's blood. It's a theatre. We have to project a certain mystique in the wasteland. People expect us to be barbarian killing machines. We have to maintain that illusion. The whole thing was fake. Your tribe was assimilated into ours. I'm much happier now, Katie. The life of a mercenary is actually pretty fun. But... But... Why would you leave me behind? Why make me think you're all dead? You would never have joined the mercenaries, me dear. You've always been a wild child. You would have chosen death before surrender. Yes, of course, who chooses surrender? I did. Everybody else in the tribe did. You let me think you were dead? Come now, Katie, don't be so dramatic. You abandoned me! Katie, honey. You son of a bitch! Hey now! That's no way to talk to your father. Da! Ah! Ah! My face! On your knees! What? What are you doing? Lower your blade, savage. That the life belongs to me. Lower your blade. No. No, this is it. This is how it ends. I'm taking your heart, father. Uh, Katie, we're, we're kind of outnumbered. The odds of surviving this encounter are slim. Can you be more specific? What am I? A calculator? Ha ha ha. Please, Katie, think about what you're doing. I'm your father. Yeah, go on, beg. See what difference it makes. This is madness! Is she seriously going to do this? Lower your blade, girl. I won't tell you again. Bring it on! Stop! Get out of the way, Nala! I won't! I said step aside. Or what? You kill me too? Look at yourself, Katie. Look at what you're doing. You're about to kill your own father and get yourself and all of us killed in the process. Look at him! You've already cut his face. Do I look like I care? No! And that's what terrifies me. It's like you're not even human anymore. You've lost yourself. Your first revenge has turned you into an animal. I'm going to swing this blade, Nala. It's your choice whether or not to get out of its way. I'm not moving. You're a coward, Nala. Look at you. You're just a frightened little girl. Yeah. I am, but I care about you. And I care about John and Adam and Mr Cuddles and Mystic Martin. I care enough to stand up to you. God damn it. Fine. Have it your way. Really? Sure. Why not? 
I won't kill my father there. Is everybody happy now? Oh, thank God. Phew. Yay! That was a close one. The suspense was killing me. Except not really, of course. Oh, I need to sit down for a moment. You have a chosen wisely, girl. Yeah, yeah. Katie, listen. I know I've wronged you. I, I just want to say I... Hey, I... I don't feel so good. I... Oh, God, me insides. Me insides are burning. Wait, what? What's happening? What have you done to him? I, I didn't. I... I uh, Martin? Yes? Remember, you blessed my bone machete earlier. Yes. What exactly did you bless it with? Uh, snake venom. Ah. Uh. He's dead! No, boy. Kill the savages! Oh, for fuck's sake! This is an unfortunate outcome. This is not how I'm supposed to die. I still have 17 and a half years left. Well, we nearly made it, gang. Now, I intend to go out of this world the same way I came into it. Kicking and screaming! <laughs> This is the finale, and you know what that means. Fireworks. Fireworks. Suck on this. Get back, mercenary scum! Who are you? What are you doing? Something heroic. Quickly, adventurers, climb aboard my car. No. Stop this. There's too much smoke. I can't see a thing. And now we are away. I'll find you, Savage. I'll hunt you to the ends of the earth. Everyone here? Everyone okay? I'm here. But, uh, I, I don't know about, okay. Alas, I can never show my face in the nomad market again. <laughs> there, there. There, there. If it makes you feel any better, someday you and all of your species will be dead and your problems will no longer matter. I can't believe we got out of there. Ah! Something's got my leg! Oh, God, it's hideous! Hey, I've got feelings too, you know. And you won't look so pretty when I cut that face off. Oi! Uh-huh. Oh, God! Thank you! That's all right. Oh, but your bone machete... Look, it's still in his head. Should we go back? Nah. I can always make another one. So... That was kind of intense back there. I'm glad you made the right choice. What difference did it make? I still killed my father. And I've been torturing and killing people all year. I really am everything they said I am, Nala. I'm a savage. (laughs) A wild child. (laughs) Don't you get it? I am dog! 
soft and sweet tells me your heart will still me
You're listening to The Bunker, and things have been a little intense. Yeah, I hope Katie's all right. But coming up, we've got some lovely distractions from our awful lives. But first... Hello, Captain! You're still here! Oi! Listen now. Is, uh, is David about? No, he's doing some repairs. Why? Ah, excellent. Oh, he just wanted to talk to you two. Between you and me, I don't think David is cut out for a life of adventure. But you think we are? I do indeed, son. Listen, it's time for me to come clean. You see, I didn't come here for the cutting segment. I had ulterior motives. What? What do you mean? I recently came into possession of a map with directions to a fabled island located somewhere beneath the earth, somewhere beyond the guard gate. The guard gate? Why does that sound vaguely familiar? The Godgate is here in the bunker. Don't you remember when I travelled underground for a month back in June? Hmm, it's not ringing any bells. This island I'm looking for is said to be a tropical paradise, and more importantly from my humble perspective, it's absolutely bursting with treasure. Go on. Now, I have Bill and Ben, and don't get me wrong, they're good lads, but I was hoping to convince you two to join my little venture. Us? Of course! It's a dangerous place down there. I could use real men like you. Yes. Wait, what? Yes, I'm in. Let's do this. Great! Uh, wait, hold on a minute. Dave, think about what you're saying here, man. What? A chance to go on a grand adventure? The possibility of treasure? A tropical paradise? What's to talk about? This is exactly what we've been waiting for. I'm in, Captain. But it's dangerous down there, Dave. Yes, of course it's dangerous. The world is dangerous, but we can't hide away in this bunker forever. This is the kind of opportunity you've been going on about all year. Yeah, but... But what? This is it, Tom. This is our chance. It's time to sink or swim. No, no, listen. I've been down there. I've seen terrible things. It's not worth it, Dave. Wow. Never expected to hear that from you, man. All this time you've been saying how we should embrace the new world. Don't tell me it was all just talk. No, but I'm... I'm disappointed, Tom. I thought you and me were finally starting to see eye to eye. But you're just like David. Wait, I'm not that bad. Just don't tell him I'm going, all right? You know what he's like. He'll only try to stop me. Dave, this is madness! Don't you see? This is a sign. It's time, Tom. It's time to fly the nest. Not like this. Not on your own. He's not on his own. He's got me. And Bill. Yeah, that's right. And Ben. Yeah, and me. Okay, sure, but... And me. Wait, what? Emma? I heard you talking. Well, I was spying on you. It's kind of my thing. The journey you're proposing sounds like it could make an interesting story. I'd love to cover it. Sure thing, miss. The more the merrier. Well then, you can count me in. You too? Prog? Why? Come now. A journey into the very bowels of the earth. What would bring me closer to God? I'm coming too. <laughs> no, no, that, that's okay, Fred, really. I insist, John. I'm not the sort of guy who leaves his friends hanging. Besides, it's the off-season. Well then, fantastic. A right hardy crew I find myself with now. You lot should pack your essentials. We leave in ten minutes. 
Message, sir. It's important. I want it to really sink in, James. We're talking about communicating with Mars. We haven't heard from them for a long, long time, and this might be our only chance to let Mars Corp know just what is going on here on Earth. Yeah, but it's not real, is it? None of this is... Sir. What is it, Spencer? Light up ahead and movement. All right, play cool. Don't want to accidentally waste a civilian. Of course not. You lose points. What the hell? Hello there! Welcome to Plague Headquarters. My name's Luke. Oh, but where are my manners? Have a seat. There are no seats. What are you doing here? What's all these posters and t-shirts? We're spreading the good news. The glorious plague was brought to us ten months ago, and now... Wow, that sounds like quite a story there. Yes. Let's blow past it. Oh. You wouldn't happen to have seen a computer console around here, would you? Lots of buttons, flashing lights, that kind of thing. You mean the satellite uplink? Yes. Wait... How did you know? It comes with a manual. You can read? You're well developed for a plague zombie, aren't you? Well, <laughs> we're, we're really not zombies at all. We don't actually lose any cognitive ability, and even if we did, what we gain is so much more important. We're happy, we're stress-free, and we're single-minded in pursuit of our goal, which is to liberate everyone else through the plague too. You know, someone once asked me... That's if... great. So where's the uplink? We're actually on the clock right now. It's just through that door there. Oh, this is such a great opportunity for us to share... So we'll be off then. Don't mind us. Wait a second. I-, I was just saying this is such a great opportunity for us to share my vision with the rest of the wasteland. See, I've been sending out flyers, putting up banners, talking to radio shows about our little movement. But if you three have the code to turn on the satellite, we could broadcast this message to everyone at once. Yeah, no. That satellite is for Mars Court business only. Well then, this could be Mars Court business. The more the merrier. Yeah, no. Mars Corp business is whatever Mars Corp says it is, and you're not from Mars Corp. Stand aside. Look, <laughs> I'm sure we can come to some arrangement. Stand aside, citizen. We're not asking. I don't think you quite understand. Should I drop him, sir? Sure, why not? Okay, that's that then. Now let's get... He's up, and he's... He's changing. I was trying to be civil. I was offering you a choice, but I guess some people wouldn't know a good thing if it came up and bit their fucking face off. 
Okay, this isn't good. Shoot it! simulation we've been stuck in virtual reality for about a hundred years because there was no one left to let us out eventually the simulation pods just ran out of power and we were all automatically woken up last year so this this is the real world but it's just like the simulation yes it's very similar so so then the event yes spencer the event it really did happen just as the bosses feared That's the bad news. The good news is, you've been trained for it. My family. Um, My loved ones. Yes, all dead, James. Do try to keep up. You knew. You knew we'd woken up and you chose to let us think we were still in the simulation. Yes, Captain's prerogative. And now you know what the stakes are. We have to send that message to Mars Corp. We have to give them a situation report. Let them know how things are here. Now come on. Let's go kill that final boss. Spencer. Okay, let's move. Ah, here's the computer console. Spencer. I'm on it. I still can't believe this is reality. The cataclysm happened and we missed it. We slept through the whole thing. Yes, the world changed. But we haven't and neither have our orders. We're good to go, sir. Just hold that down when you want to record. Okay. This is Planet Earth to Mars Corp. Situation normal. Nothing to report. Okay, that's it. We're done. Cool. Nice one. But what do we do now, sir? Like I said, our orders haven't changed, James. What we do is what we've always done. We maintain the status quo. This world is a kind of hell, and it's our job to keep it that way. Let's move out. Hello, my name is InterviewBot. I am an InterviewBot. I was designed and built to interview various humans about their professions and pursuits, the silly distractions they use to shield themselves from the meaninglessness of their lives. But today's interview shall undoubtedly be significantly elevated above the rest, because today I am interviewing a fellow machine. Hello, MusicBot. Thank you for joining me today. Ha ha ha! Well put, my friend, well put. Tell me, how do you come up with your ideas? (laughs) 
I see, I see. That is fascinating. But I must ask, how do you balance your career and your personal life? Haven't we all? Ha ha ha! So now that you mention it, what is your number one pet hate? Who are your heroes? And finally, what is one thing you wish you knew when you were younger? Ha ha ha! Careful now, this is a family show. Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! like a broom cupboard. Well, it isn't. It's a portal that connects the world beneath with the world above. Why are we whispering? David is meditating. If we wake him up, he'll try and stop me. You don't think he'll be angry with me, do you? Why do you care? I don't. I. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Is everyone ready? Yes, sir. Ready, sir? I'm ready. Yep. Good to go. We're all ready. Shut the hell up. David is a very light meditator. Okay, I'm going to open the door now. Really slowly. Do you think he heard that? Move, move, move! Last chance to come with me, Tom. Last chance to stay behind, Dave? Uh, well, here, have this. What is it? Just take it and goodbye. What is going on in here? What's with all the racket? Oh, nothing. Uh, just doing a bit of tidying up. What's that you've got there? Oh, I don't know. I found it when I was doing all that tidying up. I just said I was doing and definitely was. It's it's a photograph of the three of us. Oh, yeah. Wow. Looks like it was taken before the big headache. Dave must have held on to it. <laughs> you know how sentimental he is. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's it's kind of nice, isn't it? Look how happy we are. The three amigos, eh? Sticking together through thick and thin. Where's Dave? We should give it back to him. Yeah. It really is lovely. Are you crying? I just have something in my eye!
I can't see a bloody thing. Were these the best candles you could find? It's not my fault. I had assumed you might have brought appropriate supplies. Well, I didn't realise it was going to be this bloody dark, did I? Really? You're surprised it's dark. Here. Underground. Under the ground. Cut it out, you two. No point squabbling, now. There are strange symbols on the walls. Paintings of people. Look. Yes. Yes, but what's this? As we walk, they are becoming less intricate, less colourful. These people, they are becoming simplistic, primitive. As if we're somehow regressing back into an ancient world. A savage world. Yeah, and look, this one's got a really big head. Enormous, yeah. Looks like a tunnel up ahead. According to the map. This is an old train track. All right. But what's a train? Um, it's, it's like a bus, but longer and attached to a track. All right. But what's a bus? Um, it's, it's like a taxi, but longer and less expensive. You're not very good at describing things. We need not concern ourselves with these matters. These tunnels are empty now, save for us. So what's that then? What? That thing on the wall. Is that a train? No. Are you sure? A train doesn't have legs. Ah! Whoa! That was amazing. How'd you learn to do that? Oh, it's nothing. I'm expertly skilled in knife combat. It's part of my training. Come on, let's get moving. We've got a long way to go. 
Mars Corp is a Martian terraforming company. In 2080, we launched our first self-sustaining Martian colony, Mars Corp 1, populated by innovators in the fields of science, technology, market research, and brand strategy. So what exactly do we do here at Mars Corp? Oh, more like what don't we do, am I right? We do like so much, so much. By 2090, the Martian atmosphere will sustain life. By 2095, the oceans will be filled. By 98, trees, probably. By 2100, we estimate people will be drinking frappuccinos in company coffee house chains all around the Red Globe. Mars Corp is a subsidiary of Happiness Inc., a leader in globalized corporate entities. You've been listening to The Bunker, our radio show, so thanks for that. Uh, This is the end of the show and time for my final thought. But first, Tom, where on earth is Dave? Oh, he's around. Probably just lying low. Tom, I can't help but feel like you're being purposefully equivocal. I don't know what you mean. Well, okay, moving on. All right, fine! He's left The Bunker! He's currently journeying underground with a group of daring adventurers on a quest to find a mysterious subterranean tropical island that's full of treasure, and yes, I was too much of a coward to go with him. Because I am a coward, David. I want to want to be an adventurer. I want to want to be like Dave, but I'm I'm not. Deep down, I really just want to be safe. I want to be comfortable. Oh God, it's true, I'm just like you. I'm just like you. Okay, then. Uh, right. Well, never mind. Um, if Dave wants to go off and and have an adventure, that's... Uh, I guess that's fine. Wait, what do you mean it's fine? You're not angry? No, I mean... Ah, you were right, Tom, about a lot of things. I've I've been... I've been a bit of a a control freak. You? No. It's okay, it's okay, I know I'm flawed in some ways. Uh, We're both flawed, but Dave, you know, uh, Dave is actually pretty competent. He's a little uh, naive, perhaps, a little trusting, but he's really proven himself, you know? He's got his head screwed on. Oh. Wow. Yeah. If anyone's going to make it out there, it's Dave. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so long as he didn't go off with that Henley character. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) What's wrong with Captain Henley? Oh, come on, Tom. It's obvious, isn't it? Who he really is. (laughs) What do you mean? That big fake beard, that absurd accent, his name, William Henley. William Henley, the jolly one-legged seafarer. I mean, please. Did he really think we were that stupid? I don't understand. Tom, (laughs) don't don't tell me you actually fell for that ridiculous disguise. Um... Dave went with him, didn't he? Yes. Hello. Hello, David. Hello, Tom. Hello. You'll be pleased to know we're making great progress down here. Dave is very enthusiastic. Why? (laughs) Don't tell him this, but I might even make him my protégé. That's that's great news. Yes. Of course, I knew you wouldn't be joining us, Tom. You did? No, I. I counted on it. Well, that... that sounds ominous. I just needed you to see that Dave went willingly. It's all... It's, it's, it's all part of the plan. 
devoid and conquer. <laughs> you wouldn't like it down here anyway. Down in, in Davy Jones's locker. <laughs> oh, shiver me timbers. Hoist the sails, etc. Etc. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> Fools! It is I, Kevin. Kevin of the Dionysus Theatre Group. It's been me all along. Yeah, obviously. What? Of course it is. I mean, duh. Oh, piss off. Charming. No, seriously, piss off. I've had it up to here with you, you miserable little shit. I worked really hard on that performance. Wait, performance? What's going on? Ah, I see somebody appreciates my talent. That's right, Tom. Your beloved Captain William Henley is a fabrication. For I am Kevin, the leader of the Dionysus Theatre Group. Because all the others are dead. And your sworn enemy. Yes, I'm still here. Still alive. I had to cut my way out of a giant man-eating plant, lost my leg and some of my face, but I'm still here, damn it! And I shall have my revenge. Oh, yes. Now, here's what's going to happen. You, David, are going to come down here and offer yourself up in exchange for Dave. Hmm. That doesn't sound like something I'd do. Otherwise, I'm going to kill Dave, and his death will be on you. I see. And you had better come alone. I want Tom to continue broadcasting. I'll be listening in. I do so love your radio show. <laughs> so come on. Come and find me, David. I'm down here, somewhere, waiting. In the darkness. What are we going to do? You heard him. You're going to carry on with the show, and I'm going after Dave. But... Yeah, it's annoying, but I can't very well let Dave die, can I? He's my favourite one. What? Oh, nothing. Anyway, there's just enough time for my final thought. We've been broadcasting our little radio show for almost a year now, and in that year we've had more adventures than in all the time we've been living in this underground bunker, which is about a century. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. But what of our legacy? If some terrible fate befalls your favorite radio hosts, let's say Dave and I are killed and Tom is left to slowly lose his mind alone in the bunker, how will we be remembered? What mark have we really left on the world? If I had to sum it all up, I suppose I'd put it like this. It mattered. I mean, not really, of course, but that's what we have to tell ourselves. Humans are unique in that we need a reason to keep just being. And there is no reason beyond the madness of physics, so we make up stories and we continue being, and our lives matter because we contributed to the narrative of humanity, that big story that legitimizes our existence. And every life, however seemingly worthless, matters because it has altered the story in some way. It's fleshed it out, made it that bit more interesting. And so, although few know it at the time, every life that has ever been lived meant something. Or nothing. It really depends on how you look at it.
That was The Bunker, All Just Talk, hosted by David Knight, David Price and Tom Dalling, starring Katie Turner, Matthew Woodcock, James Naylor, Jonathan Day, Joanne Wong, David Callow, Emma Sterling, Derek Elwood, Piers Hunt, Emily Wilden, Michael Keane, Helen Watkinson, Ben Keenan, Robert Hall, Caroline Spencer, Daniel James, Luke Georgewill, Emily Edwards, Max Stern and Molly Small. Today's topic was written by The Bunker and performed by Matthew Woodcock. The short story was I Am Dog, performed by Katie Turner, Joanne Wong and Matthew Woodcock. The interviewee was MusicBot, who was played by Kevin MacLeod. Check out his website, incompetech.com. The songs were Garden by Elder Island and How Did We Get Down by Rona Dalling. The music was by Shuttle, Kevin MacLeod, Jonathan Day, Mr Blazy and Ben Osborne. This episode was edited by Tom Dalling and written by David Knight, David Price and Maximilian John. If you like the Bunker podcast, please consider rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. And to find out more about our new podcast, Mars Corp, visit our Kickstarter page. This podcast was brought to you by Guerrilla Productions. Hello, my name is David. I'm here to ask you for your help. The Bunker series is coming to an end. There's just one more episode left before this particular adventure is over. But this isn't the end, even though I just said it was, because we are currently running a Kickstarter campaign to fund a brand new podcast series. Mars Corp is a science fiction comedy horror about a dysfunctional Martian terraforming company, and it will be written, produced, and performed by the same people who wrote, produced, and performed The Bunker. If that sounds like fun to you, vote with your wallet and help us get this series made. We simply don't have the resources to do this without your support. You can find a link to our Kickstarter page in the episode description. We would also appreciate it if you shared our campaign with friends, loved ones, and even your sworn enemies. It makes no difference to us. I've been David. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.